you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Oranian Moutier, and I'm here today with Scott Paradell from Idea Crowd. How are you doing today, Scott? Good. How are you? I'm very, very good. Thank you. So today, Scott, we want to talk with you about a subject that is quite interesting. Uh, we, we, we've actually got done a couple of podcasts on, on, on similar topics, but we want to, to drive in a, dive in a little bit more detail with you, which is about leveraging PR to drive sales. But before we get into the topic, can you please introduce yourself a little bit more for our listeners, as well as introduce IT Grove, your, your company? Yes, my name is Scott Baradell. I've been in, well, I started out as a journalist and went from there into corporate communications and was an executive at some mostly technology companies on the client side. Formed my agency, Idea Grove, in 2005 as a, a PR and content firm, specifically for technology companies. Over time, we've become integrated. So we do digital marketing, web design, and just about everything aligned with uh, the needs of B2B technology companies. Excellent. Well, thanks for that, Scott. So PR is often seen as a brand awareness, reputation building tool. And we, we, we hear a lot that it's difficult to measure or attribute ROI to it. Do you see the perception changing recently? Well, I think that it is slowly changing. I think that the reality is that something like building authority for a client is always going to be more difficult to measure than building a pipeline for a client. But there are increasingly ways to, to measure it. And, and there are increasingly ways, I think, just as importantly, to connect authority building or PR efforts more directly to the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So I can give you an example. So one of the things that's changed in PR is that it used to be, for example, you might get a, a story placement in a prominent, well-known publication, and you could expect people, your audience, to have read it because there were relatively few publications in a particular space and because the readership was strong. Today, media is extremely fragmented. And so just think of the the local newspaper, uh, you know, it used to be be thrown on the doorstep and everyone would see what was on the front page. Today, it's very unlikely that anyone you talk to would have seen it. So you can get that placement and, and have the authority of having been in your local newspaper or business journal or in a national trade publication, but your audience in all likelihood has not seen that placement. And so you can do things like one of the things that we're doing now and having some success with, you still want your audience to know that you've got that placement because it confers authority on you. It confers credibility on you. And so you can use an account-based marketing campaign, for example, to promote that placement to make sure the people you're trying to reach know that you were in Forbes or in the New York Times or uh, in the publication that is conferring credibility on you. And then when they click on the ad through the ABM campaign, they can go back to a custom newsroom experience where you bring them into the funnel in the same way that you might through a blog or other inbound marketing techniques, but you're doing doing it through marketing your news. And yep. I think 
that's how the, the connection is being made today by, I would say, more forward-looking PR firms. Although I would say not most PR firms even today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a, this is a great way to put it together. I almost see it from your description as a as an extension of the account-based account marketing campaign. And, and I like the word that you're using about building authority. Because yeah, if you're in Forbes, you've got, you manage to get a publication in Forbes. It's actually a, a great way to, how to say, in a sense, validate who you are as an organization, validate your, how serious you are as an organization. So just to be clear, in terms of the campaigns to, to drive back, so you would still do the, the classic PR, which is you know, getting the content ready, sharing that content, finding the right publication, the publication that would have the right individual at the back end reading it. But do you also, as an organization, provide a sort of marketing consultancy or marketing services in helping marketers, the, the, the forward-thinking marketers, in plugging PR Yes, I mean, I think the difference is you still do all of those things that you did in traditional PR in terms of building relationships with media and getting media placements. It's just that today you can't end there. You have to close the loop because you can't assume, as you could in the past, that the people you wanted to see would see this. And Related to that, you know, we, for years, you know, something that salespeople have done in trying to close deals. Let me back up and just say the one thing that PR can do that advertising cannot do nearly as effectively is to build authority for your brand. So in other words, I can get visibility or awareness. People associate awareness with PR. Well, I can get awareness probably more cost effectively today by just doing retargeting and blanketing, you know, the web with ads or, or doing things like that. That's awareness. That's visibility. Mm-hmm. But that's me, that's me talking about myself. So that is not authority building. It's just awareness building. What PR can do is to help you build authority in your space through the third-party endorsement that is assumed when a publication talks about you. And I would say that's true of analyst relations. It's true of Capterra and other review sites. Gartner Digital Markets, Gartner, the analyst firm, realized that what's going on with crowdsourced reviews of technology is a natural extension of the what used to be the, the domain of analyst relations. And so that's why Gartner bought up a bunch of the top software review sites and technology review sites and brands them as Gartner Digital Markets because it's all yeah. the same thing. It's all about conferring third-party authority. But what I was going to, that, that's just to, to lead into you know, what salespeople have done forever is when they're reaching out to a prospect, they will they will link to recent media coverage or they'll talk about something an analyst said or something a third party said. That's a that's a very that's a classic way that salespeople try to get in the door with prospects. And what you can do is you can automate that through marketing automation, through sales sequences and CRM software. There are lots of ways to automate that communication to prospects of these kind of third-party endorsements. And I think that that's how we make that connection more directly between PR or authority building and lead generation. Yeah, and I think you, you kind of responded to the point I was leading into, which is if you can help marketing, surely you can help sales. Um, I do think that is making, it does make sense. When you put lots of efforts and potentially a little bit of money as well in having consultants or 
having analysts or having reporters, journalists speaking about you, speaking about your brand, speaking about what you do, and you get that authority from that content, it would be a shame not to use it and actually share it with all, all the clients. Do you have a best practice or do you have recommendation to sales team or to marketing team on frequency to do it, how to do it, how often to do it, when to use it? Or do you let them, do you let your, your clients actually get the most of the content themselves? Well, we do advise clients. I think it really depends on the individual client situation. So in our case, we have some big clients like NEC, you know, is a 20 plus billion dollar company. In their case, they don't need a lot of third party endorsement to establish their credibility. Maybe if they're moving into a new space or with a new product, something that has reviewed their product and said they were the best or something like that would be mm-hmm. something good to promote. But for a number of our clients who are, say, startups or mid-market companies, in many cases, they're in a space where they're not well-known at all. They're competing against you know, an 800-pound gorilla in their space and trying to just get, get a little oxygen, a little airspace for themselves in, in a, amid all the noise in their in their industry space, being very aggressive about, let's say you have a, you know, a, we have a client that is in uh, an applicant tracking system in, in the HR space. That's a highly competitive and commoditized space. And if you're trying to start out there, letting people know that you're doing something different and, and getting a little attention is not going to be as simple as just telling people that. And so for those kind of brands that are really trying to get a little attention and, and aren't very well known, uh, you need to be much more aggressive about, sure. hey, you know, you might, you know, I'm on the Forbes Technology Council or see our article in you know, this HR publication or, hey, you know, listen to on this HR podcast, those kinds of things. And I would say, again, it ties directly to that, but a lot of PR firms don't think about it today. If I'm looking for if I'm searching, if I find out about your brand, well, the first thing I'm going to do, and one of the key metrics we talk about measurability in PR today is branded searches. So someone's searching for your brand's name because they heard about it. So they saw that ad, they saw, they heard this podcast. So when they search, one of the first things they're probably going to see is reviews from a Captera or software advice. So if I go there, and I see that you've maybe you've got five star reviews, but you've only got four of them. Well, how likely am I to think that you're an established player who I, I want to trust with my business? Or am I going to look for a company that has 25 reviews or more? You know, we have had cases where, uh, many cases, it's very common where we might have a client that has quite a few customers. They haven't aggressively got those customers to be promoters and to, and to leave those reviews. And so for the kind of clients that we often work with, things like lots getting lots of positive customer reviews, being very aggressive about any kind of third-party endorsement in, in the media or from an analyst in promoting that through ABM, email marketing, and other means, that's critically important to even getting a second look, let alone being part of a consideration set for a, for a major purchase. Okay, that, that makes sense. So it's, uh, it's, it's, I guess, very much aligned with, with all content, really, but that authority can be used for generating the initial interest so people finding you or actually comforting people in their, in their decision of moving forward with someone. So 
regarding generating the interest, how can PR from your from your perspective support an inbound marketing strategy? Well, I think that inbound marketing, which I guess was coined by HubSpot, is, is very pretty much uh, the same as and was called before HubSpot coined it as inbound marketing. It was known as content marketing. And, and inbound marketing is centered around content. And if you think about it, one of the reasons that inbound marketing has really had to evolve over time is over the last 10 years, the content that it used to be able to put some advice content or just helpful informational content out there and you could get to the top of search results, you could stand out, you could get authority and it could help your thought leadership position. But what happened was, you know, everybody started doing it. And so that meant that you had lots of Me Too content out there, lots of just repetitive content. It became harder and harder in doing inbound marketing or content marketing to really stand out in in putting content out there. And so where I think PR really helps here is PR is really doing the same thing as content marketing, except we, you know, PR folks have a higher bar that we need to to get over, which is to come up with a an idea for a piece of content that has enough uh, originality or substance to it that the media would want to cover it. And so what we've often found is that if we can come up with the kinds of story ideas, the kinds of content ideas that can can get some buzz and get some attention, say, in the media, in one of our clients' industry spaces, that is often the kind of top of the funnel inbound marketing content that breaks through the noise as well. And so whether that, so lots of PR techniques that have been around forever, like, for example, instead of just having an opinion about something and putting that out there as content, doing a survey, doing original research and positioning that research to have a headline, a headline that media would be interested in. I'll give you one example. We did this for a client that was in the uh, last year is in the space, the indoor cellular coverage space. They basically built systems anywhere from $100,000 to, to in the millions to help these office buildings and so forth to amplify cellular signals so that you could have, you know, perfect mobile uh, coverage within, within a building because most buildings are not geared to that. So what this company wanted to do, what the client wanted to do was to let, they wanted to make inroads into the commercial real estate space and they wanted building owners to know that this was an important consideration and that if you set up your building to have really good cellular coverage, that uh, you could charge more per square foot and things like that. And so what we did is we put together a survey that in which we surveyed office workers and we got feedback on how annoyed they were when they had bad coverage and had to go outside to make a phone call or had to stand next to a window and all the different things that we all have experienced in using yeah. our phones indoors. And then we talked about who are they blaming? Oh, they're blaming the building owner. They're blaming their employer. Well, then maybe these folks who used to think, oh, that's for AT&T to worry about. Maybe they are starting, maybe we can help them realize, oh, they need to worry about that. So that's a sales message and a PR message. So using that survey, we got coverage in a ton of outlets 
tier one outlets, trade outlets, but it was also the basis for a very successful inbound marketing campaign where we, you know, turned that into a really good ebook and, and put the stats within that, used it in email marketing, used it in as a basis for presentations. We set up the, the company's executives to make speeches at events where they highlighted this data. So that's PR. It's also email marketing. And I think that to the extent you can look, no, we're in B2B tech. There's some pretty arcane technologies in our space. And but whatever space you're in, the, the number of great ideas is limited. So when you have a great idea, use it everywhere. You know, use it in your social, use it in your email marketing, yeah. use it in your content, use it in your PR. But the great thing about PR is if you approach it from that perspective, you're not approaching from the perspective as, as often happens with content where it's coming internally and it's kind of the result of navel gazing where people like to write about what they think is important. You know, we're constantly getting the oxygen of what the media, what the outside world thinks is important and and what their standards are. And when you're starting with that, um, I think it gives you a really good foundation for making sure your content can maybe uh, cut through the noise a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that makes that makes an awful lot of sense. I mean, so what I like about what you you just described is is really the PR for results, the PR orientated towards pipeline, the PR that will work with marketing, work with the campaign, fill the gap, and, and almost be an extension of sales and marketing in a PR function, which is quite refreshing because, as I mentioned earlier on in the, in, in the conversation, PR is always seen as a, just the awareness or often seen as the awareness. And it was refreshing to have that conversation with you today because what you described was almost like a this is an evolution, a mutation from, okay, we're just going to take great contents or great content or great conversations or a piece of analyst studies and put that in the right newspaper or in the right website so your community or the people you want to send to will see. What you're talking about is something that is much more embedded, much more aware of the other function, um, and, and also much more aware of the prospect journey. Because you're talking about acquisition, which is you know the early stage, getting people, getting giving them the appetite to engage with you, and then you talk about the authority and, and all the other things that can happen when you're already in conversation with them. So you can flip people your way versus a competitor, and almost with with the last example that you you gave, I also think about the, the what happened after the point of sales, what what happened after you got the deal, and carrying on having PR, almost making your clients believe that you are the best company because they see you. You are so leader and their marketing, the marketing team or the sales team that take care of them is sharing that information with them. They also make, must make them feel comfortable about the decision they made in working with you. And as I said, I think it was very, very refreshing. So thank you very much for that. Well, what would be the, the best way to get in touch with you? I mean, some of our listeners may be interested to either connect with you, Scott, or to engage with ID Growth. What is the best way to engage with you guys? Well, anyone can feel free to email me. And again, this is Fox. And my email address is sparadell, which is S, B as in boy, A, R, A, B as in David, E, L, L, at ideagrove.com. And you can call Idea Grove at 972-235-3439. And just uh, feel free to ask for me. And I'm, I'm always available to chat. Well, Scott, it was a great pleasure to have you today on the podcast. I hope we will have the opportunity to meet up soon. But yes, once again, thanks again for your time today. Thank you. 
Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.